you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me three portions of scriptures. Put your finger in each of them. Should be pretty easy. They're all close together. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 through 23. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 33. I'll repeat it again for you. Matthew chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. Matthew chapter 4, verse 17 through 23. Matthew 6, verse 31 through 33. Amen. Thank God for what he's doing. I feel like I went to heaven and came back a few days ago. Every year for the past, I don't know, six years, five years, somewhere around here, we've been going to one of the great conferences within our organization because of the times conference love the name of it the name of it has been they've been doing this conference for 31 years and the name of it is because of the times so this tells you the times of we've been challenged with times for a long time and so the, the conference name hasn't changed but boy is it powerful and we experienced a powerful move of god last tuesday wednesday and thursday down in louisiana and i thank god for what he's doing amen i, I just can feel him i sense what he's doing in our midst, and if you'll trust him, you'll see that God is doing some wonderful, wonderful things in our midst. The return of the Lord is at hand. God is ready to return. It's not a cliche, but if you follow the signs of the times, you know he's on his way. And we just have to position ourselves to make sure we are ready for his return. Amen. When I came back, as soon as I came back, just little things started happening. I said, mm, the devil is worried. Little things starting to happen. And one of the things that happened, it's little, but it's big, but it's little, <laughs> is I got home Friday night and um, my computer just went out. Now, my study materials is on my computer. And so, you know, I'm like, all right, whatever. I'll, I'll still make it. Everything is all good. And so trying to work through it. And so I call IT, Brother Brown. Say, IT. It just went out. I don't know what happened. So like a good IT, he came Saturday morning with a little thing under his arm, little thing under his arm. Come in. Well, I'm going to leave this here so you can still have something going, and I'll take the other one and take a look at it. I say, IT, I appreciate it. And so he took the other one. He's busy, so he'll work on it and let me know what's going on. But I got everything on that one. And so I said, all right, I'll do. I'll just figure some other way out. And then IT, I tried to get on last night, and um, Microsoft Office is not set up on that little one. <laughs> so I couldn't type anything. I said, okay. So today, I haven't done this in a long, long time. <laughs> I have not done This is my stuff written out on paper and pen. I said, it's okay. I'm all right. You know, take me back a little bit. Yeah, old school. Right. My first sermon was written. It was a written sermon. I, I ain't going to tell you how it all worked, uh, where I wrote it at and everything. But first sermon was a written sermon of pen and paper. And so this one today is pen and paper. But God has really put it in me. We've been going in the right direction for a while. Um, last week we talked about walking in the light. Um, Brother uh, Pastor Matthew McFarlane preached for us on Thursday, taught his Bible study. And his, the topic of his title was, Whose Side Are You On? 
So you all thought it was good and forgot the, 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 the topic of it. But I remember I went and checked it out. So it says, whose side are you on? And so I believe that what we have to talk about today is going to go right in the theme. And I think this is what we need to take us to the next dimension in the word of God. So I want you to turn to Matthew. If you're there, say amen. Matthew chapter 3. Amen. Verse 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, in those days came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Matthew chapter four, verse 17. 17 says from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon, called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. And going on from thence, he saw another two brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. You notice something here when Jesus called them? They just right away. My goodness, are we moving that quickly when Jesus called us? And Jesus went about all Galilee teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Matthew chapter 6, verse 31. 31 says, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. It means people that are not Christians, that's what they seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that we have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Today I want to talk to you for a little bit. I don't know if it's going to be preaching more than it's going to be teaching. I want to talk to you on this topic, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. God had rested this thing in my heart and I was getting to it. And where I went the past three days last week really just pushed it out of me. And so today I'm going to talk to you about the kingdom of God. Pray with me. Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, we look to you this morning. You are our God. Release your power in this place. We stand in awe of you. We reverence you, Lord God. We bow before you, Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask, God, that everything in our heart and in our mind that is not of you will be pushed out, Lord God. Will be burnt up, Lord God. Will be cleansed from us, Lord, and removed from us, Lord. For we want the Holy Ghost to inspire. We want the Holy Ghost to infuse. We want the Holy Ghost to move in us and give us direction. Lord, speak, Lord Jesus, and let it go into our hearing, Lord God. I pray today for miracles, signs, and wonders. Have your way today, Lord. We give you the praise, the honor, and the glory. All these things we ask you in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. You may be seated. 
the kingdom of God. The portions of scriptures that we read uh, just a few moments ago related to the kingdom of heaven. It said the kingdom of heaven. And so when you read through those scriptures, it was telling you that the kingdom of heaven. But I want you to know so you're not confused that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is synonymous and it's interchangeable. So when you see the word the kingdom of heaven and you see the kingdom of God, it's it's talking about the same thing. And so in Mark chapter 1 verse 14 and 15, if you look at those passages of scripture, it can Confirms what I'm saying that the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of God is interchangeable. You can you can look at both of those and know they mean the same thing. They're not separate. They are talking about the same thing. The kingdom is mentioned over 150 times in the Bible. And so if the kingdom is mentioned over 150 times, it's safe to say that we need to investigate the kingdom a little bit. It, you don't want to have something in your Bible that oftenly mentioned and you're not investigating it. And so we need to investigate today what the Bible tells us about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. What, what, what is a kingdom? Let's look at, let, let me take it through a little history lesson a little bit before we get to what God wants us to know about his kingdom. What is a kingdom? If you look at the definition of a kingdom, it is a, 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 a country or a territory whose ruler is a king. It is a territory or a country whose ruler is a king. So wherever there's rulership of a king, that is considered a kingdom. And so when you think about that, you, you, you start thinking about some of the places over in the world. There's, there's still countries in Africa that, that there's a king that's ruling. There's, there's places in, in, in Europe where, where, where a king is ruling. And so we still have those kind of rulership, those kind of government leadership in our world today where a king is the ruler. The, the type of government that govern a kingdom is called Monarchy. The type of government that govern a kingdom is called monarchy. And what it means is that the king have sovereign control. He is, the king is sovereign rulership in that country. The king is the absolute authority in that country. Whatever the king says is whatever that goes in that country. So when you think about a kingdom and you think about the government that operates in that kingdom, it's called monarchy. And it means that that king have absolute and complete authority and rulership in that country. America, we have what some may say is the best government in our world, we have democracy, and, and, and we love democracy in America. I don't think uh, Americans can go to these places where the king is the absolute ruler of that country and feel comfortable because we like democracy. And what is what is democracy? Democracy is where the people vote for their leaders. We know that we vote for leaders all the time. So democracy is where the people vote for their leaders. And so that that, that, that that's kind of how we operate in, in in democracy. We we choose who we think should be our leader. We kind of empower our leaders. Um, we we are the ones that the majority is what makes the decision. And so we vote. And whatever the majority say is what usually 
happens. And so democracy is ran by the people. But monarchy is ruled by the king. We're going somewhere, can't you tell? Mm-hmm. We're going somewhere. I think it'll be difficult for us Americans to go to any place other than where it is a democracy government. It will be tough for us. Now, here's where I'm going. Thousands of years ago, God chose Israel or the Israelis to be his people and that he will be their king, which means he had set up a kingdom, a physical kingdom on earth where he was their king and they were his people and they operated by kingdom rules. And so years ago, that's how it was in Israel. They were the only nation that operated with God as their king and they were his people and they were in his kingdom. The Israelite says, ah, we don't want that anymore. All the other countries around us have a man, a physical human that is a king over them. That's what we want. I want to tell you here today that from way back then till today, we as a people have been desiring and going after what the majority of this world wants and not what God wants. And from way back then, we missed our step when God was the king of our kingdom. We missed our step by saying, we don't want this God that we can't see to be king. We want a physical king that we can see and touch and that can talk to us. And we're still making those mistakes from way back then to now, wanting something other than what God wants for your life. And so Israel was all caught up in, we want what everybody else has. And so they rejected that, that, that government of, of God being king over them and, and them being his people and them operating in the physical kingdom. They rejected that. They wanted a different arrangement where it was a king physically that was ruling over their life. They wanted to be like the rest of the world. The first message I ever preached when I got saved and living for God and got in the church first message I ever preached was entitled, We Are Not of This World. And if we operate as God's people, like we are of this world, we're going to miss all that God has in store for us. This world is not our home, Brother Scarlett. I'm just a passing through. My treasure's all laid up somewhere beyond the blue. This world is not our home. And if we want to get comfortable in this world and look forward to the things of this world, we're going to miss out on the things that God has for us. I'm not going to get comfortable in this world. I'm not going to make decisions according to the things of this world because Israel made that decision and they missed out for years and years. They wondered without a real king, King Jesus. God granted their desire. But when God granted them, the, granted Israel the desire to have a king, physical king as opposed to God, guess what? They lost out on the kingdom of God. And so back then, they lost out on the kingdom of God. And so now they no longer was in the kingdom of God. 
They were just the people, yes, living according to the, 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 the what we call now the laws, the commandments of God, but they were no longer the kingdom of God. They were governed by the kingdom of man because they rejected God being king over them. So now they had to live in a kingdom where man rules. And one thing you know about where, what man rules is man is not perfect. All of our problems that we have in our world today have to do with government and religion. Every single problem in our world today is traced back to government and religion. Religion and government because it's not of God. Let me tell you, if we're going to try to rule with our own intellect and authority, it will never work. And so we got poverty, we've got crime, and we've got all the stuff that we've got in our world because we're trying to do it with our intellect. We're trying to do it with the power of man, and we've rejected the power of God. But I want you to know this morning, we can get back that kingdom, the kingdom that Israel rejected, the people of God uh, can get that kingdom back. Uh, you just got to say, God, I'm ready to get into your kingdom. They rejected it. However, God promised them that he will restore that kingdom. Come on, somebody. God told them that I will restore the kingdom. And so it became something that the Israelis, the Jews, started looking forward to. The kingdom of God. They wanted that kingdom to come again. They looked forward to it for years. This is why they had an issue with Jesus Christ. Because he didn't come to handle the kingdom like they expected, like it was back in the day. You see, back in the day, it was a physical kingdom that you can see. How it operates. And what Jesus was coming to show us when he came over 2,000 years ago, he was coming to show us that the kingdom is no longer physical, but is spiritual. Oh, help me, Jesus. The kingdom of God is not a physical kingdom, but it is a spiritual kingdom. When Jesus and John the Baptist came preaching, the kingdom of God is at hand. They were telling the people that the kingdom of God is close by, but it's not a physical kingdom. And the Jews had a big issue because they was looking forward to a physical kingdom. And God is saying, I didn't come anymore to give you a physical kingdom. I gave you a physical kingdom way back then and you rejected it. So now it's time to give you a different kingdom. Oh, help me, Jesus. They rejected the kingdom that God had for them. And so now they want to have that same kingdom. And God said, "Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm, don't work like that. Trying to hook you up. We always make it a mess and want God to fix it all up. Adam and Eve in the garden, God told them, don't eat of the fruit. Just chill and just listen to me and do. And here they go. They got to do something. And then God got to boot them out the garden. God always got to make a way for us. We seem to be living on second and third choices of God, not really the original choice of God. And it's not because of God. It's not God's fault. It's our fault because every time God laid out his commandments and his guidelines, we do something different. Adam and Eve started it. God had it all set up, man. You don't never have to worry about anything to eat, to drink. You live good. Everything is all good. Just, 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 just obey me. But they had to do something. So now God had to go to plan B. Same thing with the children of Israel. God gave them plan A. They messed that up. He got to go to plan B. 
we're still doing that today. God gave us plan A. We're messing up plan A. You got to go to plan B in so many areas of our life. The only problem is that I'm worried about is, will we, will God run out of plans with us because we keep on messing up? Every time he gives us a plan, we mess it up and he make a way for another plan. We keep messing it up. And I'm just worried that when are we going to run out of messing up God's plan? Are we on plan Z right now? Because he keeps giving us more plans. He keeps working with us every time we mess up. And I don't know where I am. I don't know where you are. But we got to realize that we can't keep messing up. Because at some point in time, we're going to run out of plans. Because God can only do but so much. He has done what he's supposed to do. Now we got to hold up our end of the deal. Have the Lord running out of plans. We made him come out of heaven. Oh my God. We made God, 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 let me, yes, he knew because he's God. But let's talk normal. When God set this thing up and put it in motion, it was never a need for him to come out of heaven and do all the stuff he did. It was all perfectly set up. We should have just lived and be fine. Then we messed up. And God says, I created them. They're my children. I got to come up with another plan to rescue them from dying in their sins. And so he had to come up with the plan of becoming a man and coming into this world and dying for us instead of us dying. Because that's really what it's all about. If God stayed up in heaven, it would mean all of us that sin would have died in our sin and spent eternity away from him if he never came out of heaven. That's what it meant. And so he said, Lord, here they go again. And so he had to come up with a plan to rescue us out of our sin. And he keeps coming up with these plans. You know, you, you, there's a scripture that says, you know, that the Lord will make a way for us to escape when we're faced temptation. But how many plans can he keep coming up with to rescue us? How many plans can God keep coming up with to say, all right, take this way so you don't perish? We got to stop at some point and say, God, whatever the plan, whatever the word, whatever the direction, that's what it is. That's what I'm going to take. The kingdom of God, the Jews had a different idea of the kingdom than what Jesus and John was talking about. You know, I always tell you about the, that there's, whatever we are teaching you spiritually, there's always some kind of physical uh, demonstration of the spiritual teaching that you're receiving. And so think about this as we move forward. The kingdom that was physical for the Jews is now spiritual, but they're going to have the same kind of, Working just spiritual as opposed to physical. They were expecting a physical kingdom. They wanted something physical like it was before. And that's why they had a problem with Jesus with all other different things because they wanted him to come as king. They wanted Jesus. The Jews wanted Jesus to come with a big old crown and, and on earth, you know, have on royal stuff and looking good and, 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 and coming in saying, I'm King Jesus. And he didn't come that way because the kingdom was not physical. They were planning on him coming in a physical form and saying, I am king, and, and had on all the good stuff and showing all this stuff. And, and that's what they wanted to see. And Jesus was, that's not how it's working. And so that gave them a problem. Don't, don't get so wrapped up. I've been telling people this. Don't get wrapped up in expectation of what you think God should do. That's killing us. Even we shouldn't even have expectation of what we think people should do because it's killing us. And when we get expectation of what God, what we think God should do, we get lost because when it don't happen that way, now all of a sudden we start doubting God. And now all of a sudden we start walking away from God because we had expectation of how God should operate. But can I tell you today, the scripture already told us his ways 
and not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And we got to really realize that if we get wrapped up in God and not have expectation of what he should do, then we will make it. I just want to be with him. Anybody just want to be with Jesus? I just want to be with Jesus. He, I know he's right. I know his ways are right, man. I know for you that have children, when you had children, your children thought that wherever you went and whatever you do, it was all good. All they want to do was be with you. They know as long as they were with you, it was all good. Right, Sister Josephine? All good. That's her word. And so, I know now that if I'm with Jesus, it's all good. It might not go the way I like it, but as long as I'm with Jesus, it's all good. It might not work the way I think it should work, but as long as I'm with Jesus, it's all good. And I've learned to know that it's better to be with Jesus than to have it my way. I want to be with Jesus. I want to spend time with Jesus. I want to walk with Jesus because no matter what happens while I'm walking with Jesus, it's all good. Doesn't matter. I've trained myself to say, it doesn't matter what I like. What, what did I tweet the other day? I sent out a tweet the other day that, that, that uh, I heard a preacher say the other day, happiness is killing us. We're so fixed on wanting to be happy that it's killing us. It's quiet. Because everybody in here likes to be happy. I'm not telling you to not want to be happy. What I'm telling you is, don't let happiness drive your actions. If you're living this life because you want to be happy, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Quiet. What you want to live this life for is to be with Jesus. Just think about how you took care of your children. Brother Darrell, think about how you took care of your children. It didn't matter what they liked. It mattered what you knew was good for them. So how we want to do Jesus differently? We want to tell Jesus what to do? And if you were a good parent, even when your children grew up, they still came to you seeking your advice. Why are we doing it any different with Jesus? Why do we feel like we know more than Jesus? Why do we feel like we need to be happy? No, 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 no. We need to just be with Jesus. I tweeted this also last week. Jesus is not fair. You want him to be fair, but you're looking out of your eyes what's fair and what's not Jesus don't care nothing about fairness he only care about him being right Jesus is right not fair Mm. so while we want to always look at stuff and say what is fair and what's not God says I can care less about what's fair and what's not in your eyes all I care about is me being right and he is right because he's sovereign remember what I told you sovereignty is sovereign is having all power and all control over everything God either allows some things or he don't allow them, but he's sovereign. And what it means is he's always right. It doesn't matter what we may think and how fair we think it is. He is right. He's not fair. And so while sometimes I'm saying and you're saying, this ain't fair. God is saying, I'm not worried about fair. It's what's right. And what's right is what's best for you. What's right is what's best for you. Is Think about it. 
I remember growing up in the house, and some of you may have experienced this. Since I was the oldest, I had a little later bedtime than the others. And so when my mother would tell the youngest one to go to sleep, he said, why the middle one ain't going to sleep? So my mom said, Gary, go to sleep. Why Steve not going to sleep? Steve, go to sleep. Why Wayne not going to sleep? And so to them, it was unfair that he had to go to sleep first and he had to go to sleep second and I go to sleep third. To them, that was unfair. That ain't fair. And kids are still doing that today. That ain't fair. Did that bother you or any? You could care less if they thought it was fair. Go to bed. If I say go to bed, go to bed. Because you knew what was good for them. And Jesus knows what's good for you. It has nothing to do with being fair. It has to do with him being right. The kingdom of God is not physical and tangible. It is not seen. Turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. I realize you're digesting this stuff here because it's hard. But we're talking about the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. Luke chapter 17. Let me show you something. Luke chapter 17 verse 20 says this. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. The Pharisees demanding Jesus, Almighty God, we want to know when the kingdom will come. Again, they was looking for a physical kingdom. So they're to, we demand you show us when the kingdom. They wanted to see a king. We want to know when the kingdom should come. And Jesus told them, the kingdom of God don't come with observation. You can't see it. You, you can't observe it. You can't look at it. That's what he was saying when he said it comes not with observation. Verse 21, here's what he said to them. Neither shall they say, lo here. Neither shall they say, there's the kingdom, or lo there, or there's the kingdom. Behold, the kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom of God is within you. So it's not a building. The kingdom of God is not, is, is not a territory set up like it was. The kingdom of God is, a, is, is within you. It's not something tangible. It's not something that you see and you can hold on to. The kingdom of God is within you. Hmm. We haven't gotten the victorious Christians. Can I, can I tell you this? Here is one of our struggles that we're dealing with as Christians. We feel like we've given our life to God and we're expecting things that we read about and it's not happening. And can I give you the secret real quick? If you didn't hear anything else I said today, here is something you need to really focus on. We're struggling as Christians because we have become born again of the water and of the spirit, but we are not living in the kingdom. We've given our life to God through repentance and baptism. We receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, some of us, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, but we're living outside of the kingdom. And if you live outside the kingdom, you can't 
obtain the things of the kingdom. Help me, Jesus. And we're looking for things of God to happen to us, but we're operating outside of the kingdom. And so you being born again don't give you the right to the things of the kingdom. It's when you start living in the kingdom do you get the rights of the kingdom. Oh, Jesus. Many of us are living as common folk. Common folk, we're living like common folk. When we're royalty, if you've been born again of the water and of the spirit, it means you become a child, a child of God. But a child of God is royalty. The Bible calls us royal priesthood, a peculiar people, a holy nation. That's what the Bible calls us. But if we live outside the kingdom, we live like common people. So we're royalty living among common people. That's why we can't get along with them. And that's why we always have adversity within our life because we're royalty trying to live like common folk. The world see it in you and they say, what's up with this dude? What's up with that girl? Because they know that you're supposed to be in church, a man of God. And they see a little bit of thing and say, no, he ain't common. He ain't like us. They know it. They know you're not like them. But for you to claim the blessings of God, for you to receive what God has in store for you, you got to live in the kingdom. you got to subject yourself to the king of the kingdom. Don't live like a common folk when you're royalty. Oh, Jesus, help me. God wants us to know today, it is not enough to repent of your sins and be baptized in Jesus' name and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You need to live in the kingdom. We got to live in the kingdom. We haven't lived in the kingdom. We've been living outside of the kingdom and, and say we're supposed to be alright. But the kingdom of God is governed by God. He is the king of his kingdom. And we can't make it if we're just going to live the way we want. However you live is however you're going to receive whatever you need. And so if God is king of your life, then God blesses you. Then God will provide for you. Then God operates in your life. But if you are the king... Of your kingdom. You gotta bless yourself. You gotta make a way for yourself. And what the essence of this kingdom thing that I'm trying to talk to you about today is this. If you rule in your kingdom, you have set up your own little kingdom, you are governing yourself. When you set up yourself and you start to govern yourself, you have made yourself your own kingdom. It means that you are the ruler of that kingdom. If Jesus is not king of your life, if Jesus is not king in the kingdom that you're living in, then you're living in your own kingdom. And the suffering and the struggles and where we are as Christians and why we're not seeing the power of God operate is because we're in our own kingdom. We're born again living in our own kingdom. We're born again living beneath our privilege because we are living outside of the kingdom. We're not living inside the kingdom. Help us, Jesus. In John chapter 3, it tells us how we need to get into kingdom. And some of you know this, but I'm not going to take anything for granted this morning because I want to make sure... I told you I'm not really preaching. I want to get this into our heart because I believe, if you want to call it this for lack of better words because I talk this way, this is the secret to success, what I'm talking about this morning. There's a lot of things that I've talked about that's great, but I realized what has happened to many of us is we're living for God 
in our own kingdom. We're not living in his kingdom. We, we, we come to church and we do, we, do, we do duties, but we're not living in the kingdom of God. And so the first requirement to get into the kingdom is obey the king. The, the, the first, I'm sorry, the, the first requirement to get into the kingdom is to be born again. Not, 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 not obey. Born again is the first one. Obey is the second one. So look at this, what it says in John chapter 3. Some of you know it. Others don't know it. John chapter 3 says, verse 1, there was a man of the Pharisee named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Verse 3, Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man, meaning mankind, man or woman, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. <laughs> we're far away from the kingdom if we're not born again. And so we can't even see it. You know what it means? First of all, we know the kingdom is within you, so it's invisible, so you can't really see it. But what that's talking about, that word see, means you can't even understand it if you're not born again. So trying to understand some of the things that I'm saying without being born again, you won't get it. You've got to get born again first. That's why God, you know, even with our children, I'm trying to use the example because I want you to get, you know, some things our children will not understand. They just got to do it. You tell them to do it. And it's not till they get a little older that they say, now I understand what my mom was trying to tell me. Now I understand what my dad was trying to tell me. Well, it's the same thing with God. You might not understand everything in this book, but if God say do it, just do it and trust him that when you do it, eventually you will understand it and say without being born again, you will not even see you will not even understand the kingdom can't understand the kingdom without being born again that's what god says it's written in red letters right verse four nicodemus said unto him how can a man be born when he is old can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born nicodemus is getting straight here he says hold on born again i can't go back can i go back where i came from <laughs> Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water, baptism, and of the Spirit, he cannot, cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So you don't have a right to enter. You cannot go into the kingdom of God until you're born again of the water and of the Spirit. Baptism in Jesus' name and be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. You cannot Enter the kingdom until you're born again. I can't make it nice for you. I got to tell it to your plane. I want you to think about it and digest it and say, God, I want to be born again if you're not born again. Because God says you cannot enter the kingdom. You don't have a chance of entering the kingdom. But remember what I said. There's people that's been born again that they're not in the kingdom either. They're not in the kingdom either. But for those of us that are not born again, we don't have a chance. You don't have an opportunity to get into the kingdom until you're born again. Verse 6 says... Which is born of flesh is flesh. It's talking about a natural birth. And that which is born of spirit is spirit, spiritual birth. Marvel not that I say unto thee, ye must be born again. That's how we get into the kingdom. That's the first requirement 
to get into the kingdom. Without being born again, you can't get into the kingdom. And so whatever means of, of, of what you receive, it's not from the king because the king don't go outside of his kingdom and operate. The king don't go into another kingdom. He stays in his own kingdom and govern his kingdom. And so if you are not in the kingdom, whatever you're receiving, whatever you're obtaining, whatever is happening in your life, it's not coming from the king of kings. It's coming from wherever place. We must be born again. The second requirement is that we must obey. We have to obey. The, the way we get into the kingdom after we're born again is to submit to the government of the king. We have to submit to the government of the king. Whatever the government is in that kingdom, you can't get in that kingdom and decide you can do whatever you want. In order to get into God's kingdom, you got to get to God and through God. He is the only one that can let you in the kingdom. Nobody's qualified to let you in God's kingdom but him. And so if you want to go into God's kingdom, you got to obey what God says. We can't get into his kingdom any kind of way. We got to step up and just like Nicodemus did, we want to know how can I enter? And he says, in order to enter, you must be born again of the water and of the spirit. And then in order to enter in, you must agree to obey the terms. You must obey the government of the kingdom. And you can't go in the kingdom and not obey the government because if you go in and not obey the government, you will be thrown out of that kingdom. We can't go in God's kingdom and do whatever we want. Just like nobody can come in your house and do whatever they want. How can we go in the kingdom and do whatever we want? We must go to God and submit to His will and submit to His rulership in order to stay in the kingdom. The kingdom of God is not the kingdom of man. It's not like man. Man got a lot of flaws. Man been trying to rule this world and keep order for the longest and it hasn't happened. You know why? Man don't have everything up here to govern and to rule and to guide any kingdom. Only God. In Matthew chapter 4, when the Bible talks about Jesus being tempted, you know what the devil was trying to get him to do, Brother Sam? devil was trying to get Jesus to switch kingdom. <laughs> That's what he was trying to do. He was trying to get Jesus to switch kingdom. Because the power of God is in the kingdom of God. And whoever kingdom you're under, you're under their rulership and their power. And if you're not in God's kingdom, you may be in your own kingdom or you may be in the devil's kingdom. But I'm telling you this, that power that's in your kingdom, the power that's in the devil's kingdom, it does not match. It does not compare to the power that's in the kingdom of God. We must obey. Who kingdom are you in? What kingdom is ruling over your life? What, what kingdom is ruling over your life? What, what, what do you, when you look at your life, where is your government coming from? Is it coming from the President of the United States? Is it coming from you? Is it coming from the enemy? Where is the government that govern your life coming from? Because if it's not coming from Jesus, you're not in his kingdom. 
He will not accept anyone in his kingdom. He will not allow anyone in his kingdom if they don't obey. In God's kingdom, the supernatural takes place. Let, let me show you something. Go back to, go back to Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. No, no, no. Chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Verse 23. Here is how his kingdom operate. The Bible says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogue, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. He was preaching about the kingdom. But here is what I like about that. As he preached about the kingdom, what you realize that comes with the kingdom is that nobody's supposed to live in the kingdom sick. Oh, man. In his kingdom, see, see, I, I know I might have made you a little uncomfortable with what I just said, but just think about the privileges when you are in the kingdom of God. In his kingdom, if you're sick, he heals you. In his kingdom, if you have disease, it can be cast out. In his kingdom, you get a piece of the pie. In his kingdom, you're royalty, which means you get a part of all the greatness and the majesty and the glorious things of God. He wants you in the kingdom to share the kingdom with you. He's not just in the kingdom to be ruler and say, listen to me. No, he wants to share it with you. The Bible says that we're joint heirs with him. The Bible's trying to tell us when we get into the kingdom, we share just like he shares into it. Oh my God, it's worth it to obey the rule of the king because you will gain, you will, you will possess things that, 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 that ordinary you wouldn't have. You're looked at as royalty. You're looked at as being blessed when you're in the kingdom. He's not this selfish king trying to have dominion and control over your life. No, he's doing what's best for you and providing for you as you need. That's why he says he will supply all your needs according to his riches. Glory by being in the kingdom, you will like nothing. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. What God is telling you, if you are in any other kingdom other than His, is going to be burnt up. Any other kingdom that you're in, except the kingdom of God, it will be destroyed. Only the kingdom of God will remain standing, everything else will be destroyed except. The kingdom of God. I want to go in the kingdom. I want to be in the kingdom because I want the kingdom government to govern my life. Whatsoever I need, it's in Him, it's in His kingdom, and I want to be blessed and receive from Him. We try to cast out demons and we're casting them out in our name. We're trying to cast out stuff and we're doing it according to our strength and that don't work. The only time you will see the power of God show up is when you operate in his kingdom, is when you give him dominion, is when you give him preeminence. You can't do anything on your own in his kingdom. He shows up in every situation in his kingdom. He knows everything that's going on in his kingdom. He understands everything about his kingdom. And when you have a situation, he will show up. God, God, God is a loving God. 
He's not like us. He's not selfish. I know sometimes we want to think that God sits up on the throne and command and tell us what to do. But just remember, he's like our parent. Whatever he's telling us to do is for our own good. And he wants us to be successful. He wants us to walk around as royalty. He wants us to have the best of the best. And believe me, the thing of his kingdom is better than anything else in this world. There's nothing in this world that can compare to the blessings of God. I want to be in the kingdom of God. I want to enjoy the things of God in his kingdom and nothing of this world. This world is not my home. I'm in the kingdom of God. His kingdom can be established in you. And what that means is you're saying God has reign and rule in your life. That's what it means. When, when, when you're talking about the kingdom of God is within you, what you're saying is the kingdom of God is within me, meaning God reigns. He is king of my life. I, I gave this demonstration before because I was big in the horses when I was back in Jamaica. And I used to ride horse. I, I was almost a jockey. Some of you don't know the story. I almost was a jockey. I was going to the stables. I was doing everything. I was walking the horses. I was exercising. I was I was close. But I was going to miss out on school and all kind of stuff. So it just didn't work out. God didn't want to work out ever since back then. But the horses was my thing. And when I started reading the Bible, I realized how the Bible is just full of stuff. Our world don't even understand the contribution that the Bible has given to us. We're, we're so far lost that we don't realize this is the book that was given for life. It's so much about life that's in here. But it's, I, I read about the rains. And, 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 of course, as soon as I saw rains, it may take me back to when I was riding horses. And for you that don't know, the rain is, is the thing that you use to control the horse. There's a bit in the horse's mouth, iron, that's in the horse's mouth. And the, 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 the rain is connected to the, the, the bit, okay? And so it puts a lot of pressure. When you pull on that rain, it pulls on the horse, you know, back in his mouth. And so if you want him to stop, you pull it back. If you want him to go right, you turn the rein this way. You want him to go left, you turn the rein this way. You want him to go straight ahead, you loosen up the rein and he just walk ahead because he knows, he understands how that works. So the rein controls everything about the horse. So when I read in the Bible that you got to let Jesus reign in your life, it wasn't rain from the skies. It means you got to give him the control in your life. It means you got to become that horse and let him turn you to the right. Let him turn you to the left. Let him stop you when you need to stop. Give him the length when you need to go. That's the reign that God is talking about in our life. So when you hear rulership and you hear reign, he's talking about give me control of your life. Let me control you like you would a horse. We get uncomfortable with that. But I've learned that it's okay to let God control my life because if I was smart enough and if I was good enough and I was wealthy enough, I would have it going on a whole lot better than I got going on right now. And so I realized that I need to give God control of my life. Living in the kingdom. The kingdom of God. Depending on who's ruling in your life will determine how much supernatural power you will experience. The kingdom of God do not come with observation. There will be supernatural power, though, that will be demonstrated in the kingdom of God. And I must be honest with you, if we're not experiencing, and I'm putting our church to the test here, if we don't experience supernatural demonstration of God, then we're going to have to question ourselves and say, are we in the kingdom? 
Because any place where the word of God and the power of God is not showing up, they're not living in the kingdom of God. I, 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 that's a challenge for every, every church. If we're going to live in the kingdom of God, then the doctrine of the gospel of the kingdom must be preached. And when it's preached, there must be demonstration. Because when Jesus came, he was preaching. He preached the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And then he healed the sick. And then he cleansed the leper. And then he raised the dead. If this is the kingdom that we're living in, we must see signs and wonders. We must see the power of God. We must see God do something because we're not in charge of the power. We're not in charge of what gets done it's him but if we're outside of the kingdom nothing gets done that's what's happening to us we want to know why we didn't see signs and wonders because god is not king of our kingdom we're living the life but god is not king and that's why we can't see the signs and wonders and we're wondering i repented of my sins i was baptized in jesus name i prayed this morning i read my bible yeah you're doing those things but is he king of your kingdom? Is he ruling your life? Is he controlling your life? Is he reigning in your life? Is he controlling you? Did you say, this is what I want to do, but that's not what Jesus wanted me to do? It's okay. It's okay. And I'm almost done. It's okay to feel like you don't want to do something. The sin is not feeling like you don't want to do it. Don't get it twisted. Jesus didn't feel like going to the cross. So it's okay not to feel like doing something, Sister Holly. It's okay to say, man, I don't feel like doing this concerning the things of God. It's okay. But you got to say, nevertheless, I will do it anyhow. That's how you live in the kingdom. So when stuff is happening, you say, ah, man, I don't want to do that. God, I don't want to pray this morning. I'm tired. I stayed up last night watching the movie. I'm tired. I don't feel like praying. Nevertheless. I'm going to pray. Oh, Lord, it's Wednesday night. Ah, it's almost 9 o'clock. Let me get this last piece of something in before this fast start. Because I don't really want to fast. Nevertheless, Lord, let me put down that piece of chocolate. Let me drink some water. I'm not going to eat those peanuts. I'm not going to snack. Let me just drink some water and go to bed and start my fast because I really didn't want to. It's okay. You're walking in your flesh, so you're going to feel some things you don't want to do. I'm just telling you that when you live in the kingdom, when the king is ruling over your life, you're going to say, nevertheless, you did it, Jesus, and I'm your child, so I'm going to say, nevertheless, I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. The king wants you to be in his kingdom. He wants to govern your life. He wants to take good care of you. Make him king of your life. Make him king of our church services. When we come to church, God needs to be king of our church services. That's why it's important to make sure the songs that we sing bring glory to him because it's about him. It's, we, we're in his kingdom. It's about him. And so whatever we do, we need to give him glory. We need to lift up his name. We need to give him honor because we are just in his kingdom and we're in his kingdom to please him. I got one last scripture for you in Colossians chapter one. Will you stand with me? Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1. I want God to reign in my life because that's when I know I'm in the kingdom. If I'm doing what I want, if I'm 
pleasing myself, I'm not in the kingdom of God. Doesn't matter how much I pray and talk in tongues. Doesn't matter how much I read my Bible. Brother Tony, doesn't matter how clean I might look. If God is not reigning in my life, I'm not in his kingdom. And in order to be blessed, in order to look forward to all eternity, we're going to have to be in his kingdom. Colossians chapter 1 verse 13 says, Who had delivered us from the power of darkness. When you're not in his kingdom, you're in darkness, whether you want to believe it or not. When you're not in his kingdom, darkness represents, as we talked about last week, confusion and chaos. So you might say to yourself, well, I'm not in darkness because I can see. I'm here to tell you, when chaos and confusion is happening all around you and you don't know which way to go, you don't know what to do, you are walking in darkness while you may yet see. So it says that who had delivered us from the power of darkness and had translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. Will you let God translate you today into the kingdom of his dear son? Will you give God access to your life today to say, God, translate me into your kingdom? I want to live in your kingdom more than anything else. You see, people, I got to tell you this. The devil can only have rule over your life when you're not in the kingdom of God. It's no need to fear the devil when you're in the kingdom of God. The devil can't come into his kingdom and do whatever he wants. I'm going to tell you this last thing. Submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. A lot of us have been resisting the devil, and the devil has not gone anywhere. The devil do things, and you pray. Get thee behind me, Satan. I plead the blood of Jesus. Nothing happens. And that's because... You don't have the power to defeat Satan. So by you pleading the blood, by you telling him to get me behind you, it's not working. Because the Bible says, submit ye therefore to God. The only way to cast the devil and get rid of him is to first submit, is to first be in the kingdom, is to first give God rulership over your life. When you submit to God... Now you have power to resist the devil. But if you don't submit to God, the devil is going to beat you all day long. And you're going to get frustrated and wonder why I'm supposed to be a Christian and the devil is having havoc in my life. Why is he getting the best of me when I'm supposed to be a man of God, a woman of God? I pray, I read my Bible, I fast. Why is he having havoc in my life? And all it comes down to is... Jesus is not king in your life. You didn't submit to God. You were just trying to resist the bad things, the devilish things. You were trying to resist them without submitting to God. 
the devil will have no power over you if you will live in the kingdom. If God don't give him permission to come in the kingdom, he can't come. And if God allow him to come in the kingdom, God can control that. But he can't get in the kingdom. Because he's not born again. And if I go by the word of God, the Bible says, unless you're born of the water and of the spirit, you can't enter into the kingdom. And the devil is not born of the water and of the spirit, Brother Clark. He can't enter into the kingdom. We need to submit to God. Resist the devil that he may flee. The kingdom of God is at hand, somebody. The kingdom of God is at hand. And will you press into the kingdom today? Will somebody press into the kingdom today? Will somebody say, God, I realize that I have not experienced kingdom blessings. Ah. I want kingdom blessings, Lord God. I don't want earthly blessings, Lord Jesus. I don't want my blessings, Lord Jesus. I don't want the things that can pass away blessings, Lord Jesus. No temporary blessings. And so, God, I realize that if I haven't had the blessings of God in my life, I've been living outside your kingdom. I've been living beneath my privileges. I've made myself a common folk when in actuality I'm royalty. I'm a priest. I'm holy. I'm peculiar. And so God help me to press back in towards. <laughs> ah, somebody need to press into the kingdom. Press into the kingdom. For the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is at hand. Somebody, the kingdom of God is at hand. God will not withhold any good thing from you. But you must make the decision to say, I'm going to do whatever it takes to press into the kingdom. I'm going to do whatever I need to do to get into the kingdom. Will somebody today make up in their heart, make up in their mind, I'm going to enter into the kingdom. I want to live in the kingdom. I want to be the royalty that I am. I want to possess my portion of the kingdom God has guaranteed that you will have a portion of the kingdom he is not just ruling over you reigning over you without giving you a portion of his kingdom you, you see man will try to take it all for themselves but God says you are joint heirs with me and you will possess some of the kingdom with me I will not withhold from you any good thing I will not withhold from you any good thing if you will submit to me if you will live in my kingdom If you will let me reign in your life, I will bless you. I will take care of you. I will supply all your needs. I will guide you and lead you. I am your God. I know. I command what it's supposed to be. But I tell you, if you will just submit to me, I have your best interest at hand. Nobody has your better interest at hand than God. God wants to provide for you. God wants to lead you. God wants to give you what you need for this hour. Oh, somebody, God says, get into the kingdom. Get into the kingdom. Get into the kingdom. He will translate you into the kingdom. If you need God to get you in the kingdom, will you surrender to him today? Will you lift your hands to him and say, Jesus, get me 
in the kingdom. I want to be in the kingdom. Show me where I've gone wrong. Show me where I've gone in the ways of my own way. Show me, Lord God, where I've made an error. Show me, Lord God, how I veered off and strayed away. And God been living in my own way. But today, Lord God, I hear your word and I'm going to submit to you. Oh, God, I'm going to surrender to you and let you have free course in my life and let you rule in my life and let you reign, Lord God. Lord, turn me where you want me to go. Take me to the left if that's where you want me to go. Take me to the right if that's where you want me to go. Stop me if you want me to stop, Lord. Lead me on if you want me to go forward. But whatever you want from me, Lord God, that's what I want, Lord God. That's what I want. For God, when I'm in the kingdom, your protection is all around me. When I'm in the kingdom, Lord God, I know you uphold me. I know you keep me. I know you protect me. I know, Lord God, that when I'm in the kingdom...